reframe it. Think of selling as an act of love and service. And it can be hard when you're selling to corporations and it feels like you're just selling to a big organization. But the focus on the individuals, who are the individuals that you're serving and really focus on their story of transformation. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their businesses after long careers as employees. We believe you should be able to do more of what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with the founder and CEO of virtualcoachingsales.com and ecstaticsales.com, Caitlin Kogan-Domner. In today's episode, you will learn how to use an ongoing process to sell one promise to one person. Stay with us to hear all the details. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Caitlin Kogan-Domner. Caitlin is the founder and CEO of virtualcoachingsales.com and ecstaticsales.com. Caitlin, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks so much for having me, David. Great to have you. So that was a very brief introduction. Why don't you start off by sharing a little bit about your background that I didn't describe? Yeah, absolutely. So I know that we talk about here is smashing the plateau and transitioning from corporate work into starting your own entrepreneurship journey. And my entrepreneurship journey started about 12 years ago. And I had my MBA and thought naively that was enough to go and be a consultant. Had no idea how little I understood business. So I just kind of put out my shingle and got a couple of of clients, but I was connected to a business partner, Nate. And I know we're going to talk about community. I think a lot of people don't understand that it's not usually what you know, it's who you know that's going to help you the most in your business journey. And Nate ended up being my business partner for a couple of years. And I didn't know how to sell. I didn't realize that I didn't know how to sell or that this was a critical skill set. It turns out you should probably know how to sell if you're going to try to build a business. And But he took me under his wing and he said, you don't have to sell. You just have to call people, get them to like you, ask about their story, and then schedule calls with me and I'll close the deal. And I was like, well, I know how to do that. I know how to get people to like me. I know how to ask them questions about that. I know how to build solutions. Little did I know that that is selling, right? So we started this company of hiring, like recruiting appointment setters and closers and building them for uh, coaching industry leaders. He decided to go build his own marketing team. And my husband and I decided to build the company on our own. And it was rough going. But we've been able to work with some of the biggest names in the industry, including Deepak Chopra, Mastin Kip, Fabian Fredrickson, Ali Brown, and have generated tens of millions of dollars through these sales teams that we've built for coaching industry leaders. And the funny thing is the story is usually as people are thinking about moving into entrepreneurship, they want a little more security. They just want a little bit more safety. And they think maybe if I can just have a few more dollars in my savings account, then I'll feel safe making that jump into entrepreneurship. 
And I always tell them, listen to the whispers, because if you don't listen to the whispers, the universe is going to bring a two by four. And for us, the two by four came in the form of my husband being held up at gunpoint. So we had tried being full-time entrepreneurs for 12 weeks after I had my second child. We were using his paternity time to test the limb. Can we actually make this work? And we said, you know what? Let's just send him back for a couple more weeks, maybe a couple more months. Second day back at the job, he was managing a retail store. He was held up at gunpoint. And I have security footage of somebody holding a gun to my husband's head while I'm at home with our newborn and toddler. And realizing, you know what, that idea of safety, security that comes through employment is such a facade, like it's, it's such a sham. And so what we've, we've gone full into full-time entrepreneurship for the last 10 years, and we've loved every minute since. Yeah. Caitlin, I couldn't agree with you more about a false sense of security. Now, it isn't always the kind of physical security that you just described in the story of, of your husband being held up at gunpoint. But the reality is, if you are a longtime employee in some kind of organizational setting, the older you get, the more likely it is that you are going to face unexpected job loss and mm-hmm. have a financial hiccup as a result. Mm-hmm. And the hiccup could be a very small one or it could be a significant one. So yeah. the sooner you figure out how to sell, because you can't have a business without selling, the sooner you figure mm-hmm. out how to sell and what you what your business is going to be about, I think the better off you are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm excited to kind of chat through this core principle that we we were talking about, because I think it's very difficult to sell when you don't know what you're selling and who you're selling it to. And, and that whole process can get very tricky at the beginning when it feels like you're sort of throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. So what, since you work with consultants and coaches, people selling their expertise, what do you see as the biggest mistake they make when it comes to trying to sell their expertise? Well, I think maybe the hardest part, we'll say, we'll start with where do we find they get stuck is most people assume that if they were good at selling somebody else, building somebody else's company, uh, a lot of business development reps come and they start to be their own entrepreneur, be their own boss, they suddenly find it's very difficult for them to sell themselves. And so the biggest thing that I encourage my clients is stop selling you. You are not selling you. You are not selling your time. You are not even selling your services. All you are selling is results. And if you can focus on the results that you create, suddenly it takes the ego out of the equation. You're not asking somebody to invest in you you're asking somebody to invest in themselves. And that's a very different conversation. And it's really hard for your ego to get its teeth into you and give you that that kind of fear and that mental resistance when you're just trying to sell a solution. And that's really all any of us are ever selling. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's really hard to sell yourself. And I see, it's kind of interesting. I'm not surprised that people that aren't in in marketing or sales roles, when they leave the corporate cocoon and they go out on their own, they go from this place where they're they have a busy calendar, overflowing inbox, a team of people that are responsible for all the things they're not responsible for. They have this built-in social structure. They go out on their own and start off with an empty calendar, empty inbox, no social structure, no structure, period. Then they have to get up and do something they've never done before, which is sell themselves, is Mm -hmm. very daunting. But I've seen with people, even those that are in marketing and and those that are in sales roles, 
It's very different selling a company that you work for and selling yourself. Right. And so I always encourage my clients, like reframe it. Think of selling as an act of love and service. And it can be hard when you're selling to corporations and it feels like you're just selling to, I don't know, a big organization. But the focus on the individuals, who are the individuals that you're serving and really focus on their story of transformation. So if you work with executives, right? If you're just thinking of them as an executive, it can get very cerebral and you can disconnect from them as an individual. But when you think about them as a son or a daughter, a mother or a father, a brother or a sister, you think of them in context of their humanity. And then you think about, well, what are the things that I can shift for this person? So if you're taking them from crippling anxiety or imposter syndrome, and you're moving them into healthy dynamics with themselves and with each other, and and they can start setting boundaries and they can start having confidence in their ability to create change within their organization, right? Whatever it is, think about all the other things that are like fixed through that, right? Are they sleeping more at night? Is their marriage better off? Are they spending the weekends with their kids finally, right? So really see the whole picture. And we talk about this in in our five-step cycle is really how are you evaluating the progress, right? And looking at not just the thing that you think is the key performance indicator, but all of the byproducts. What are the happy symptoms that end up occurring as a result of the work that you do with your clients? And really tell the whole story of a real human in your marketing. How do you do this for your business? Oh, I love that question. So I mentioned the wheel. So I'll start there because that's the heart and soul of, of what we teach. Instead of thinking of your sales as a funnel, so prospecting, lead qualification, closing, right? The problem with a funnel is that it has a hole in the bottom, <laughs> right? So we put a lot of time and energy into getting cold leads and pouring them into the top of the funnel and we focus on top line revenue. And then it just, it, there's, there's nothing at the bottom. There's no follow through. So instead, I want you guys to think about your business as a client success flywheel. So envision this five-step circle. And most people assume that it starts with engagement because that's what we think of as marketing. Then it goes into education, understanding why they need you. Then it moves into enrollment, right? Most people think this is the critical step. This is where I close the deal. And, And it's the always be closing mantra from the 80s, right? For us, the things get interesting when you go to the fourth step, which is evaluate. So how are you evaluating on your ability to deliver on your brand promise and making sure that your client is making progress over time and that they can see and feel that progress? And then that leads us into endorsement. And for me, this is the most important step of the funnel. And and I'll talk about how we're implementing it at our own company. The endorsement step is where you take all of those beautiful testimonials, case studies, success stories, and using that to fuel the engagement engine. So as an example, for our endorsement step, well, endorsement step starts with the evaluation step. So when our clients start with us, they start with a financial evaluation of where they've been in the last 12 months, the last 90 days. And then we set our targets for the next 12 months and the next 90 days. So we look backwards and we look forwards. Then every single month, we have what we call an ecstatic money date where we get to go over our numbers together, right? A lot of my heart-centered entrepreneurs get a little uncomfortable with money and with numbers. So we do it together as a community. 
And what we're doing is we're helping them to celebrate the wins. So celebrating the wins is really important for your clients because of the neurobiology, the chemistry that's happening when you focus on gratitude and appreciation and progress, you have a different brainwave state and it's very difficult for you to see the negatives and the gaps of what's happening. So for your client's sake, you want to be encouraging them to have a positive focus, to celebrate their wins uh, and be in that state of gratitude. But what we're also doing every week as we're collecting and celebrating these wins is we're documenting them. So we're showing the progress over time and we're inviting them, usually after they've had a breakthrough, to schedule a video call with me. And what we say is on this video call, we are going to talk about where you were before, where you are now, what made the biggest difference for you. We give them some free publicity. So we use these success stories in our marketing and we get to talk about them. We get to talk about their company and we get to kind of spread the word on their behalf. And they are giving us video content that we can use in our marketing. They are giving stories that we can turn into blogs and social media content. Then the second thing we do is we invite them to move into our ambassador program. So we teach three levels of ambassadorship. We have the friend level, which is just casual referrals. I give you referrals because I know you and I love you. I don't expect anything from you, but a handwritten thank you note would be nice, right? Then we have the fan level where these are paid affiliates and we treat our fan program as its own product. So it has its own launch. It has its own enrollment sheet. It has its own nurture sequence. We have our own monthly pep rallies where we're nurturing them. We're sharing success stories. We're getting them excited. We're teaching them how to spread the word and we're giving away money, right? So I'm giving away $500 for an $1,100 product. Like it's a big chunk of change that I'm giving them But for us, that's money that we would be spending on Facebook or YouTube or wherever else we're trying to find cold traffic. It's more in alignment with my mission to put it in the pockets of my entrepreneurs that I'm serving. And so we've built out an entire program around that. The third level is the promoters. So this is your joint ventures when you're doing white labeling or distribution partnerships with bigger organizations. And so that one is more on a case-by-case basis. We decide what are the rewards and what's the support and how do we set that up? for individual companies that we work with. But that endorsement step for us is where we put 90% of our focus into the engagement step. So we really have put our heart and soul into the endorsement step as the segue into our engagement step. So it just goes straight into my sales team's calendar. And it's just, let me introduce you to Jess, right? And, And book a call with Jess. And it's really easy to just get that conversation started. Can you talk a little bit about what you do with uh, the sales team that works with consultants and coaches? Yeah, and this depends on what your business model is. So if you're in a B2B market and you're working with decision makers, well, let me start with the B2C. So it's it's easier if you're in the B2C industry and you're working with individual decision makers, like small to mid-sized companies where you can actually find those business owners and talk to them very easily have a conversation, decide that this is the best fit for their organization and close the deal relatively quickly. So you can have something like an appointment setter doing cold calling or outreach to a wider network uh, through social selling is another method that you can use these days and booking them onto your calendar. It's pretty straightforward. If you're selling B2B or bigger organizations where there's multiple layers of decision makers and longer sales cycles, it gets a little bit more complicated. You're going to need probably a dedicated business development rep 
when you want to start letting go of that part of your sales. Ways that we've done it in the past would be, it would look like something just to throw out an example. We were working with a guy named John. He had his uh, team in Pakistan, just low-paid VAs, scrolling through uh, LinkedIn using Sales Navigator, using the search criteria, finding his ideal clients, inviting them to come to an interview with him. Now he's working with like Fortune 1000 CEOs as an executive consultant. So he was inviting them to come and do an interview for his upcoming book. He had already published several successful books. So we got to leverage that. He would have an amazing interview with them and then say, you know what, I'd love to gift a free coaching session to you. Uh, if you decide that you want to work with me, my rates are 40000 a year or whatever his, his going rate was at that time. If you decide that you do want to work with me, I'll send you the invoice. If you don't, no problem. It's just my gift to you. And so then he would invite them into just a 90-minute free coaching experience where they got to have a breakthrough in real time. And then he would invite them to move into his higher-level programs with him directly. So yeah, does that help as kind of a given a, a way that you can start extricating yourself from the sales process? Yeah. And what stage do you find that consultants and coaches need to be in their business before it becomes worthwhile to have someone other than, than themselves be the business development team? Yeah, that number is hard to pinpoint. I would say that a good business consultant can usually be doing about a half million a year with a good executive assistant, kind of managing their fulfillment and doing some basic outreach to kind of start their sales engine. After that point, it really depends on how you're packaging your services. So going back to you asked, like, what's the biggest mistake that you think consultants tend to make? I think it's priding themselves on the bespoke nature of their consulting, right? A lot of B2B consultants I talk to are so proud of the fact that they can serve anyone doing anything at any time, anywhere. I'm like, actually, the thing that you think is your strength is your biggest weakness. Because when you are selling everything to everyone, people don't know how to refer you. They don't know what your brand promises. They don't know what you're aligned with. And it's really difficult for you to deliver that in a scalable way. So when all you are selling is you, your brain, your ability to get on a call and make stuff up in real time, it becomes almost impossible to scale that as an organization. Now, not everybody needs to scale or should scale. I think that's probably been the biggest learning lesson for me in watching so many entrepreneurs build these $10 million companies. Most people don't actually want to be the CEO of a company. And that's what you are. You are the CEO of a company. You own an asset at that point. You're not probably doing the day-to-day work of the coaching and the stuff that most people started finding They found that work fulfilling, which is why they started their coaching business. So the biggest thing is I actually strongly discourage people. If if you don't have a heart for building businesses, you have a heart for coaching people, then just be really happy with your half million dollar boutique, like consulting firm with your good executive assistant living on word of mouth referrals. We have a whole system that we teach about how to nurture those referral partnerships in a way that really makes it sustainable and consistent. But I strongly encourage you guys to like stay at that level because between a half a million and 2 million, there's a lot more money that's going out the door. You're not usually paying yourself much. There isn't much additional profit in what I call that birthing canal until you're running a $2 million company and you have a, a team of consultants who are working under you and you have your business development reps 
doing the outreach for you. At that point, you are intentionally distancing yourself. But at that point, you need systems. You need to be really clear on your intellectual property. You need to have structure. You need to know what your promise is and what you're delivering to whom and how you're delivering it every time. So there's just, there's so much that changes between that half million and that $2 million mark that I don't always know is what people really want. Yeah. Do you find that there's more that changes between a half million and 2 million in sales than between 2 million and 10 million? Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, you're you're changing not just the number of people in your org chart, you're changing your entire identity, right? There's so much identity shift that has to happen in that first birthing canal that most people implode long before they get there. They don't have the identity, the values, and just the desire, right? Like most people think more revenue means more profit. It does not. And so they get kind of excited by that idea of being a seven-figure entrepreneur, but they don't understand what it entails. And so once you've made it to that $2 million mark, you are thinking about yourself differently. You are thinking about yourself as the CEO or the owner, right? And you have a game plan for how we're going to scale and grow and then probably exit, right? So it's your business is no longer just this passion project that you do because you love the work. It's this is an asset that I'm growing and building with an end in mind. And so at that point, it's just more layers in your org chart. The difference between two and 10 million is just more humans and better documented systems and a lot more marketing dollars. <laughs> that's really that's really the biggest difference between the two and the $10 million job. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Caitlin, what's been your experience in community as either a member or a leader? Oh, this is such an important topic. And I love that this is a focus for smashing the plateau. I feel like community is the thing that allows you to shift your perspective of yourself, right? Because when you're surrounded by people who love you and see you as yourself, the self that hasn't even evolved, hasn't even emerged yet, you have people speaking to the truth of your soul and your heart, and they can see your strengths and your uniquenesses and can call that out of you. It's just so much easier for you to step into your power, to step into that confidence, to really shine your light at the brightest possible level. And what's interesting is I found that most people won't buy community. They buy strategy. We think that we need strategy, but inevitably in all of these coaching programs that I have sold, they stay for community. Right? It's the people that you meet in these business coaching programs that end up being the most valuable asset that you'll get from any of the work that you invest in. Well said. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that I haven't asked you? I don't know. We were going to talk a little bit about mindset. I don't know if we have time though. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> so this thing is my favorite thing to talk about. So I love it. When we were in Bali, I had my own kind of epiphany. We did a cacao ceremony. And I I heard this voice say, it's safe to shine. And for me, it was like a door uh, had been unlocked in that moment. And what came through was this methodology, which we call the ecstatic way. And the shortcut way to remember this, if you guys have something to write it down in, is just write SALT, S-A-L-T. And SALT stands for surrender, align, listen, and take action. And surrender is stop fighting reality right? Whatever is happening is happening. And you don't always understand why it's happening in the moment. You're just going to trust that it's working out for you. The A step is just doing that in a more articulate way. So we're affirming, I believe that everything is always working out for me and the highest good of all involved. 
Then it's listen. So this is where we get to tap into our intuition and check in with our higher powers and say, okay, what feels fun, easy, and light right now, right? And just taking a breath. It might be go take a walk. It might be sending an email. It might be calling a friend, but listen to your intuition. And then of course, T is take action. Do something. Put a seed in the ground for the universe to bless. Do something that can start the wheels turning energetically and allow this abundance that's right on the other side of the door from you to come into you. Sounds great. Caitlin, if someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, get access to any resources you have or get in touch with you, where's the best place to go? Yeah, come find us at ecstaticway.com, ecstaticsales.com or ecstatic.business. I'm actually going to be giving you guys a my paid training. It's our core training, but it's how to build your irresistible and scalable offer. It's for our clients. It's four modules, but I'm going to gift it to David's listeners. So it's just ecstatic.business forward slash core, C-O-R-E. And you guys will be able to download that and access those videos as a gift. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much. And Caitlin, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. Share a little bit about yourself and your expertise. My guest today has been the founder and CEO of Ecstatic Sales, Caitlin Kogan-Domner. Thank you, Caitlin, for joining us. Thanks so much, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Caitlin Kogan-Domner, we learned how to use an ongoing process to sell one promise to one person. How do you feel about where your business is today? Most of us do our best work in collaborative, supportive environments. Come explore ours. The Smashing the Plateau community can help you build your business through engaging discussions, live events, a private communication platform, accountability partners, and lots more. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.